Hello and welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kant, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you are new to my channel and you are on YouTube, I'd love for you to hit the subscribe button um, so you'll be notified every time we have a new video. And on today's podcast is my very, very, very good friend, Marlianes, and she's actually the co-publisher of many of my number one best-selling international award-winning books, including sensitivity is your superpower and today I'm very privileged to have her here talking about a story that she shared with me a while back and that was uh, years and years ago the doctor told her she had Graves disease now as a medical doctor I know what doctors usually say to patients if they are diagnosed with this autoimmune disease called Graves disease They tell them that their thyroid is overactive and that their only options is radiation or taking the thyroid gland out surgically. And that's pretty much what we say. (laughs) And uh, Mara said she did neither. So I thought, well, let's ask her what she actually did because I think that's very interesting. And of course, you know, she's married to Keith Leonis, who's also the producer of the movie that we were both involved in, the book we were both involved in, The Inside Effects. And you can uh, check out that free movie, theinsideeffects.com, as well as the number one best-selling international um, book, uh, theinsideeffectsbook.com. There's some uh, lots of different authors there. Mars is an author in the book. I'm an author in the book. Keith is an author in the book as well. And uh, in case you are um, looking to have uh, publishers uh, to publish a book that makes a difference, you can also find Keith and Mara at beyondbeliefpublishing.com. And uh, yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about Mara. So she is like a beacon of inspiration. She's a renowned publisher, author, intuitive life coach, and vibrational artist. In fact, she actually paints vibrationally um, what's going on in the room when we do like talks and things like that. It's super, super cool. Um, she's got influential leaders like bestselling authors Marcy Shimoff and Maribel uh, Jimenez, you know, giving her accolades for some of that vibrational work she does. Um, back in 2003, she co-authored a very successful book called The Seven Steps to Successful Relationships with her dream partner, Keith Leon S., guiding others to enhance communication, embrace self-love, and transform dreams into reality. She's also the contributing author of You Make a Difference and, of course, The Inside Effects, How the Body Heals Itself and the creative mind behind the beloved Inside Effects t-shirts. And they are beloved. I have, I think, seven of them. <laughs> yeah, so um, later on, we'll talk about, you know, uh, you know how to contact Mara if, if what she says today is of interest to you, really resonates with you, and maybe you need some help in that arena of, um, you know, listening to your body signals and encouraging the body, you know, and how to heal, heal itself and uh, without us getting in the way. <laughs> so, Mara, thanks for being here today on the podcast. You're welcome, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, uh, yeah. Exciting. I'm excited to, to talk to you. I'd love for you to, you know, give us kind of like what happened way back when, when you were told about this Graves disease. Clearly, you probably had symptoms. And then what happened? Uh, yeah, I like, I like how you brought up the symptoms because looking back on it, I realized, you know, I, I kind of grew up uh, not really... Um, going to doctors. I mean, I, of course I had a pediatrician when I was growing up, but as I became an adult, I had had a mom who was like health food net and was really more into holistic kind of things somewhat back then, which was like this, you know, 
late 60s, early 70s, and all that hippie time. And, uh, and I grew up in the country. So, you know, it was that sort of a lifestyle. And so I didn't really have doctors on my radar, but somehow I ended up having someone suggest that I go see, or, or I ended up going to a doctor for some reason and somebody suggested, oh, you should get your thyroid check. Definitely get your thyroid check. So I guess I must have been um, having some sort of symptoms of complaining of something. I know there was a lot of stress in my life at that point. I was at that age where, you know, you're just kind of um, struggling to figure out, you know, what's my place in the world and how do I make things work? So and dealing with, you know, all the <laughs> childhood trauma or this or that, or, you know, being a sensitive soul, um, all trauma in the world ever or anywhere off the world. <laughs> Who knows? Right, right. So yeah. So, um, so whatever was going on was stressing me out. And then I was having some sort of symptoms, I guess. And so of course, lo and behold, when I go to the doctor and say, check my thyroid and they check it, uh, you know, when you look for something, you usually find it. So, <laughs> and they said, "Oh, you know, you have this. Um, if there's the thyroid levels, you know, are not good, so you should go to a specialist and and get a diagnosis." And I was like, "I don't really feel like going to a specialist." But my parents were like, "Yeah, go to a specialist. We really want you to go to a specialist." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." So I went to the specialist and I got the diagnosis of Graves' disease. And even in order to get that diagnosis, I remember he he had me swallow a pill of radioactive iodine. I was just like, what? <laughs> I mean, that just seemed insane to me. <laughs> and it didn't make any sense at all. I'm not a doctor and I don't understand that stuff. And it just seems crazy. So, but I did it, but I, but before I did it, I said, okay, I need to be peaceful about this. I need to not think of radioactive iodine is poison in my body because if I think about that because I already knew about my body stuff at that point and to some extent to some degree cool. I was starting to practice it yeah and I said you know I need to think of it in a positive way so I thought oh okay I'm swallowing this pill and this pill is a little angel and she's gonna light up the inside of my throat or wherever you know <laughs> my thyroid is nice and she's gonna light it up so that this special doctor can see whatever he needs to see so that happened and then got the diagnosis. And then, um, you know, I don't really remember if I took it seriously. Of course, my parents did. And they're sending me books and wanting me to, you know, do treatment. And of course, the doctor took it very seriously. And he wanted me to do he didn't he didn't suggest surgery for me. He did suggest the radioactive iodine therapy. But when I asked about that and kind of looked into it, what I, what it seemed to me like he was saying is that if I did it, it probably would solve the problems, but it would also like destroy my natural thyroid gland. And then I'd have to take thyroid replacement, artificial thyroid replacement for the rest of my life. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And I'll tell you, even back then, I guess because of my holistic mom, holistic minded mom, maybe because of other things I was exposed to, I already knew and just, I already deeply knew that the body heals itself. I ju it just didn't make sense to me any other thing. And so I said, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> wow. That usually is met with quite a bit of criticism. How did it, how did it work for you? Yeah, he was, I, I don't remember how he was 
like, I don't know if I said anything to him right then there in the office. I might have said, ah. oh, okay, we'll talk later, you know. And then Smart. I think I just, I think, I, yeah, I think I just didn't get back to him. And so he's like calling me at home, I remember. And yep. it's like, I really, you really need to do this. And I was like, well, I don't think so. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, well, I found this naturopath. I'm going to go talk to him, see, see if he has any suggestions. And then he called the naturopath. Oh, to- seriously? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. The naturopath didn't really resonate with me. Didn't really do much either. So then I just kept exploring. I said, you know, there's, I, I, I got a sense from the research I had done that as far as they could tell the doctors or people who do this research, that it was stress related. And that totally made sense to me because I already knew that I was experiencing a lot of stress. And so I said, well, if I stop experiencing stress and I don't know how I'm going to do that, but if I figure out how to do that and I become peaceful and change my life in a way where I have more balance and my body is able to come back into balance, then it should heal. That was my mm. feeling. Interesting. Okay. Wow. I think the hardest part that um, that I've heard from patients, including some of my own, um, when I was a holistic medical doctor, is that the allopathic doctors really tried to guilt trip them into whatever, you know, like making, not making them feel stupid, but, um, you know, just like, well, I'm the doctor, you're the patient, uh, you need to do this, you really don't have a choice. Um, and one of my patients actually went through, you know, uh, you know, the diagnosis of Graves' disease. And the funny thing is, is we actually muscle tested which specialist she should go to for the confirmation. And she was impatient. So she went and saw somebody else. And she had a <laughs> nightmare of an experience with this person. And I knew this specialist would be probably the last person that I would have sent her to, but I didn't know she went to see her <laughs> until after the fact where she's like completely in tears. Right. Um, because yeah, she just gave her the, the, basically the, you know, yeah, you're, you're crazy. You know, you can't heal it on your own. You have to have this thing. And she came back crying and the whole band, I felt really, really sad for her uh, having had to experience that. But I mean, I'm thinking you must've been really strong in yourself to be able to withstand that, you know, like the authority figures. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't remember him doing that to me. I think it was more about trying to put fear into me, basically right, telling me that right. if I didn't do it, that it was going to be really, really bad. Right. And, you know, bad yep. things were going to happen. If I did That's it. the normal. But, <laughs> right. But in my mind, bad things were going to happen if I did do the treatment. Because to uh, me, bad things is having to take thyroid bl- replacement for the rest of my life. I don't, I just didn't believe in medication. I didn't, I didn't believe it was a good thing. I, I already, I think, believed that it was poison. I, well, I did because of the whole thing of, you know, swallowing that thing and thinking, you know, it's poison. No, I have to think of it as an angel. So, yeah, I just didn't, I, I am pretty, I am a pretty strong minded person, I guess. And, but I think I already had like developed a spiritual foundation where I, I felt that in in order to be in this body on this earth i must have a purpose and mm. it's like my job to find out what that purpose is and so i was like ready to do that 
And so to me, like finding out what my purpose is, it isn't like listening to a bunch of medical doctors telling me what to do with my body. It's listening to my body tell me what to do, which I didn't know how to do that yet. But mm. I decided I was going to find out. Okay. So then what happened? Like what happened next? You decided, no, I'm not so, going to take my thyroid out. I'm not going to irradiate it. I'm not going to take this medication. Then what? Yeah. So it was, a, it was definitely a process. It was definitely a search. Um, around the time I ended up leaving Boston where I was and moving to California and meeting Keith. And I, you know, so I was really in the thick of this whole diagnosis thing at the time. Oh, and I remember what I wanted to say when you were talking about, oh, you must have had symptoms. So once my parents sent me all the stuff about here's all the symptoms of grave disease, I, of course, went down the list and said, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, because oh I have those symptoms. And I'll just give you one example. Um, they said your hair falls out. Right. So I'm like, oh, my God, my hair is falling out because there's hair on my hairbrush. Right. And sometimes on my hands, because I had a lot of hair. I've always had a lot of hair. I still have so much hair that I have to like cut it off underneath in the back or it's too big and thick and heavy. And I have to like wrap it up like this. <laughs> so, you know, I was convinced for a little bit that my hair was falling out because even though I had these strong willed, you know, beliefs about, about what could, what, you know, what wasn't true, but what they were saying. I still wasn't fully, you know, I still been, had definitely been conditioned and indoctrinated into a world that believes in diseases to some yes. extent and, and feels like these symptoms are happening to me. It's bad, bad, bad. Right. Not, not that it's mm. maybe the body's doing something it needs to do right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the problem is that now we have the internet, right. And, and people are looking things up and then whatever they see, they can go, well, yeah, I have that. Or yeah, I have that. And if you actually looked at a whole bunch of symptoms for different quote unquote diseases and you just randomly chose one and yeah. gave it to somebody, they'd probably go, yeah, I have that. And it's yeah, nothing to do with what they have. <laughs> it's like right? fatigue. I mean, hello. It's so general. Right. Fatigue is so general. Right. Body aches. That's really general too. I can do a CrossFit workout on body aches, right? So it's like, ah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, sometimes I would get annoyed. I have to be honest in the past where patients would come to the office with pages from that they printed off the new internet with, mm -hmm. well, I think I have this. I said, why do you think you have this? I said, because they'd hand me this list of symptoms, right? right? And all these things. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> Uh, that's general, that's general, that's general, that's general, that's general, that's general. And that's in about 50 other diagnoses, right? But they don't know that. They just looked yeah. at that one and then, you know, somebody said you have this and then they feel like they have it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah fascinating. Yeah. So, so I, so I went to, you know, I'm, I'm still looking for a practitioner that can help me because I still have that mindset of disease doctor of some sort. But for right. me, it was like a holistic doctor, different type of doctor, maybe Eastern instead of Western. So I ended up going to, um, I ended up finding an Ayurvedic mm. practitioner. And then I think it was after that, I ended up finding an osteopath who mm. was in like a holistic health practice. And it was just the sweetest, most beautiful, <laughs> like warm and fuzzy, you know, non-doctorish person you'd ever want to meet. Aww. But, but I remember when I called the Ayurvedic practitioner, I was like, I really was kind of in the fear mode at that point. Cause I guess sure. all these that I had convinced myself I had were really bothering me at that point. 
because when you're in fear about something, then you just probably expand it and, Mm. you know, amplify it. And then it bothers you more because you're not like accepting it as something that the body's doing in a good way. You're Mm -hmm. afraid that it's something the body's doing in a bad way. And it's going to get worse and it's going to cause more problems and all that stuff. Oh my God, I'm going to die. So I definitely was um, somewhat in the fear. I know when I called that Ayurvedic guy, because he was so sweet on the phone, but I was like, well, you know, will this fix me basically? Like, right, right. That's basically what I said. And I could tell in his voice that he was just like, (laughs) and he said, well, I have to, I have to tell you that the most challenging thing with, with what I do is patient compliance. And I didn't know what that meant. Like I hadn't heard that term, but I thought about it later and I was like, oh, he means people actually like following what he tells them to do. Cause he told me some weird things, but, and they weren't like that big of a deal, but they were different in my life. They were like hard to fit into my life, you know, like right. yoga postures, do humming, eat, you know, fresh, make yourself this fresh bowl of homemade, you know, what was it? Split pea soup or lentil soup. I think it was split pea soup with, you know, the vegetables and stuff. And then yeah. certain, certain Ayurvedic seasonings. Yep, and so yep. that, was hard that <laughs> happened, but I did it. And I really oh, did. It. Yeah. He, I remember one thing he told me is that um, like, he, he asked me to like list, like, what do you eat every day and all that stuff. And I was like, well, I don't know. I eat all different things all the time. And there's not really like a set thing. And he said, okay, so sometimes routine in your life can be a good thing. <laughs> <I remember laughs> oh yeah. And I, I know a friend that ate uh, white bread with cheese and that was his lunch every day in med school. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, I'm like, oh my gosh, Chris, are you not bored of that? Oh no, it was predictable, right? Like totally predictable. He'd have this cheese, he'd have this white bread, and yeah. it was like, wow, okay, I get bored in like a day. So, <laughs> oh, um, and I remember another thing that happened. Um, Keith's best friend had uh, invested in this business called the Aura Shop, which was this kiosk cart in the mall in Century City in LA, oh, yeah? and it had a, like an aura reading biofeedback machine. And so Keith started doing some of the readings. He was really good at it. Mm. And I started making the um, chakra bracelets for people. Oh. And they had products all around the cart that would support in every different way mm. the, the, the balancing and healing based on whatever showed up in your aura reading. And so for me, it wasn't about the aura reading. It was about the diagnosis what things on this cart they had aromatherapy so i had this juniper berry oil that i was just like mm. sniffing they had color therapy glasses so i'd wear color for the throat chakra they you know a lot of different um type of holistic sound therapy that could bring you into like this other i can't remember what the state was called but you know whatever there is alpha or this or that yeah so i was doing that and then i did find this osteopath and the osteopath that's so sweet warm and fuzzy guy i told you about um, he said, when I told him that this specialist wanted to, you know, have me do this radioactive iodine therapy, he's like, no, 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 no. And I said, I know. I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's the last thing you want to do is radiate your body. And I said, yeah, okay, good. We're on the same page. Oh, there. God. <laughs> and then he said, but, uh, you know, like thyroid diagnosis is what do you call it when it's like, like, it's not curable. Like, I don't know. There was some other word, but anyway, basically he said it's incurable. And, uh, that it would, if I didn't do that stuff, 
it would eventually burn itself out anyway. He said, and I said, well, but no, because I'm, you know, learning how like to get out of the way. So my body can heal itself. That's what the body does. It heals itself. That's what's going to happen. My body's going to heal itself. And he was like, um, well, I've never seen that. (laughs) (laughs) He had no, right. They had no statistics, no information. These doctors had no information about anybody ever healing themselves from this grave diagnosis. Yeah. So I said, okay, cool. So I'll be the first one. Great. I love that attitude. That's great. Yeah. So he said, okay. So he was supportive. He didn't really like, but he was supportive. And he said, I can give you this antithyroid medication, which I didn't like the name antithyroid, but what he said is it's, it's very sort of benign. It, it, It shouldn't give you any side effects. It's something that will calm down your symptoms that will support you in your healing process. So you can do whatever you're doing and not have these symptoms that are really getting in your way. And uh, then we can test your thyroid regularly and see if you need to like up or down the dosage or, you know, or whatever. So to him, he, he, in his mind, because what he had been taught is that when we do that, eventually the thyroid's going to burn itself out and the blood test will show that you now need to take the thyroid replacement. And I was Mm. like, no, (laughs) that's not that. Oh, wow. <laughs> but thanks anyway, but I'll do but I'll do this. I'll do this. So I got a little box with an angel on it. And I nice. put these the the methamazole pills into the box with the angel on it. And I called it my angel pills. And every time I took them, again, just thought of it as little angels going into my body and just doing whatever they needed to do to make it easier for me to get out of the way so that my body could heal itself. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I and just you know, I love the angel box idea. I remember Keith telling me about your story. Really, I didn't know the background, but about, you know, being uh, on th- thyroid pills. Because um, I had stopped my thyroid pills suddenly. I was so inspired by Lisa Warner's book, Simplicity of Self-Healing. I'm like, I'm stopping all these medications, right? Well, I was on one. Um, and Lisa was like, uh, well, maybe you should do it gradually, you know? And then he's like, well, you know, Mara did this angel pill thing. And I'm like, oh, I like that idea, right? So that's what we did is like bless the armor thyroid at that point uh, and um, take the pills and eventually just, you know, got the intuitive hit to, to wean off. And it took a lot longer than I initially wanted. I wanted like immediate, like, boom done right but i think it took i don't know how like two years or something uh for me to finally get off of them it was like 10 times longer than i expected but the cool thing is that very few people ever get off of them yeah so this was still a miracle um yeah Yeah. and so you you were wanting to be that first patient for this naturopath to to heal herself of of graves and then what happened so um, it did take a couple of years, probably um, thinking maybe two and a half years or something total. And uh, it did go up and down a few times where we like reduced the dosage, but then brought it back up again because the, because the levels were going up again. And then eventually the levels came into normal range. And I had, you know, over the course of however long, long enough to say, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, and I then did. you stopped going because it was pretty stable and they didn't have to follow up on you anymore? Right. Well, mm. I don't know if he wanted me to follow up or not. I don't remember. He was pretty easy about it. He was, 
of course, this is what I, I love about the way Keith tells the story. He's like, yeah. And so when you went back and told him, you know, and showed him the last test and say, oh, yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm good now. Uh, was he like, oh, my God, it's a miracle. No. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's great, Mara. Cool. I know. Isn't that funny? I, it's funny. Yeah. Like, and he's a naturopath, right? So they're usually a lot more open. Oh, he was than, an osteopath. Oh, oh osteopath. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Osteopath. Right. Yeah. That, so they're a little bit more conventional, generally speaking, but kind of bridging between the naturopath and, and the conventional. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's so funny because us doctors are conditioned to look for what's wrong, not for what's right. Yep. And uh, yeah, and so the reaction, yeah, I've had cases where, you know, we had somebody 80 years old with, with uh, looked at the echocardiogram, which is like a sonogram of the heart, two years uh, apart. And after two years of, you know, coming to acupuncture and me doing energy work on this person, this person didn't actually change their diet. <laughs> Probably drank more than I'd really like. But anyway, so, but I looked at, and there were marked positive changes, reversal of heart disease. And I asked my local medical friend, you know, um, I said, hey, Beth, I said, do you ever see reversal of this, this, and this? She goes, never. She goes, whatever you're doing, just keep doing, right? <laughs> and then I was excited because the person went to see the cardiologist and the cardiologist had these this data. Yeah. So he comes back to the office and says, and I said, how'd it go? He's like, well, not that great. I said, well, what do you mean? Well, the cardiologist says I have this, 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 this wrong with me. I'm like, hmm. I said, okay, okay. Well, did they not see the echo from before and tell you how great you did and how this, 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 and this reversed? Yeah. No, they didn't mention it at all. No. I'm like, seriously? You know, I was so frustrated at that point. I was like, this person just reversed their heart disease. You know, not only not acknowledge them, but then you keep, keep telling them what is still wrong. So now they're in an anxious state when they come back to my office after I just told them all the wonderful things that just happened. And their whole family was like, woo, woo, right? Go to the conventional doctor. Now the whole family's depressed and anxious. Mm. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I think it's like, uh, you know, brainwashing, mm. <laughs> programming, conditioning. I think that doctors mm. and all of us you know, have all been conditioned that uh, when this other stuff happens, it's just an anomaly. It's not, yeah. it's not real healing. The it's only chance. They do. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, that's, that's, that's sad um, <laughs> uh, that that happened, uh, that, that so many, you know, things like that happened on a daily basis, unfortunately. But it's really neat how you were really listening to your inner guidance on that and then you know maybe you're just a, a statistic you know of of how you know your body healed itself but i think that a lot of times we just don't give the body a chance because we don't think it's possible it's hard to give the body a chance in this world the way that things are set up the way that we're having to like scramble for money scramble for mm -hmm. whatever i mean it's it's the world is not set up to be peaceful and in alignment with your body and with nature. And yet it's totally possible, mm. but it's a real shift. And so for me, I mean, it was years, like it's kind of amazing to me that it only took, you know, two or three years to get from that diagnosis to get to where the blood tests were showing up normal. Although I don't put much credence in, in blood tests anymore. I don't, I don't get 
tests really of any kind anymore. Have haven't for a long, long time. Um, but I, I mean, to me, it's like whatever shows up on there is whatever's like your body's doing right in that moment when you took the blood test. I remember Keith saying, "Oh, you're gonna love this." Maybe I told you this one. <laughs> um, one of the times where I had had taken the blood had had the blood drawn right and then you have to wait from the time you get the blood drawn until you get the blood test results and at this point i was just going in somewhere locally getting my own blood draws done i didn't have to go to the doctor and and then but then the results would get sent to him and then i'd call and check about it right right and i remember like for some reason i either was nervous or i was just feeling frustrated and impatient like you said i wanted to be a lot quicker i wanted to not have to keep taking the medication so i was in that place of attachment and of like resisting what is right or what mm. was and not really being able to be peaceful about it and i remember keith said to me well you know you can you can make the results whatever you want them to be like right now cuz you're the creator <laughs> of your reality and i was like yeah, but the blood was already drawn. And he's like, so what? It doesn't matter. You can still make the results, whatever you want them to be. And I was like, <gasps> and like, it just a, like a light bulb. Wow. Went off about like how much power we really do have. And to I was change like, oh, reality. Could I do that? And so I was like, I'm going to practice that right now. I'm going to like do this. I love because, it. because before that I had this doubt, I had this feeling like the results are not going to be what I want them to be. Oh, so okay. maybe they would, maybe they would, have have been you know what I mean maybe that is what was going to happen and, and some part of me knew it but instead I shifted my mind and I was I can't remember what I did affirmations or whatever right visualization um the thing that I do now where I project myself into the future like and like I'm getting the results and I'm so happy because they're just what I, I love want. those yep so so I did that stuff and lo and behold the result was what I wanted it to be and he mm. was like yeah of course <laughs> like, that's great oh my god oh my god and I was happy, not, not as much that the result was what I wanted to be. I was like, that's cool. I was happy that like this stuff works. Like we nice. really are, we really are in control. Not control is not the wrong, right word, but you know what I mean? We really are in charge of, of what, of what we experience, of mm -hmm. what we create. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've used that to visualization. So we'll, we'll kind of segue into, you know, um, kind of talking about some some options and tools for people if they're in that space where they're we're really connecting or doing their best to to really connecting to that oh wait my body can heal itself so now what do i do right i've got doctors on one end family another so how do i listen to this and this this tool that you're talking about um you know i it's i call it you know masterful manifesting where we already embody that new reality as if it's already happened, right? And it's like many people love attraction, they all talk about that. But it's really not about visualizing, it's really about embodying that new reality as if it's really here. So we've I've had done I've done things with like Olympic uh, and uh, world athletes where yeah. I have them actually celebrate their medal. But they actually have to celebrate it now as if it's already happened. And what's fascinating is in this one training the, the the one guy who was like so loud and so crazy the funny thing is he he broke something before the olympics he couldn't go i'm like oh shoot but then he came back at the world cup and won a gold medal like it's a big deal you know the one yeah. woman in that in that um training who's a nordic skier she refused to do the exercise she was embarrassed mm. yeah you know, she just felt like she didn't deserve to celebrate 
you know, the Olympic medal because she didn't want it yet. You know what I mean? Like that's how I think she was, but she was just kind of sort of doing it. Well, she didn't finish so hot. Not saying it's because she didn't do the thing, but the point is, is like what you're explaining is like you were there. You were literally experiencing the desired result of your labs before it actually happened. But that's a really good point you just brought up about not feeling worthy. And I think that's Mm. so many of us really have that. And I had to make a major shift in in my growth where in my self growth in my self image and how I look at things because the way that I grew up and the way that I felt the world was is that if I feel worthy of something I'm a bad person that's ego right that's not being humble right right and so I had to shift that and say wait a minute and that's why I said the thing earlier about life purpose I realized okay I'm here for a purpose you know, my spiritual belief was I somehow was created and I am here for a reason. And so there's for, for me to put myself down and not lift myself up is like that to me was like blasphemy. Right. Mm. That to me is like dishonoring, you know, the creator mm-hmm. who put me here or however you want. It. That's the way I looked at it then. I mean, it's helpful. I mean, it is really, really helpful, especially to those people who, who, you know, connect with the idea, if you will, of, of creator, you know, whether they're religious or not religious, spiritual, not spiritual, um, because they're that whole undeserving thing. And, and the, the words that sometimes we hear is, who are you to be so magical? You know, who are you to be able to manifest like this? You know, yeah. who do you think you are? Some exactly. great, you know, wizardy magician thing, you know? And then we go, oh, no, I guess I'm not, right? <laughs> right, but even if you don't look at it spiritually, it's also a practical thing. Like, how much of a difference can you make in the world when you do believe in yourself and lift yourself up than when you don't? Mm-hmm. How many lives can you make a difference in by doing yeah. that? You look at people who do, you know, hold themselves in high esteem in a positive way, not in an ego way, right. but in a way where they're able to really um, Im- influence and impact more people in a positive way, make really make a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe there is a concerted effort on some way, shape or form to dissuade people from being really self-confident and believing in themselves because then, then we look to some other authority figure you know, to tell us what to do and how to think and, you know, what to buy (laughs) Uh, and that kind of thing. And so we're much more controllable if we are not, um, you know, really believing or listening to ourselves. And I'm actually a recovering, well, I'm a recovering perfectionist, but also recovered, almost recovered, um, codependent. So, (laughs) so that means it's like that, that, but the funny thing is it, it worked for me to do what you were saying earlier is, is like, well, for example, for codependency, I would be like, well, you know, um, I better not say anything because, you know, it's going to hurt the other person's feelings and I don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. Right. And in Melody Beattie's, you know, codependent, no more book, she really mm-hmm. like, is pretty like, and she says, uh, you're doing that for you. You're doing mm-hmm. that for you because you don't yeah. want to have to put up with their reaction. 
So if you want to think about what's selfish, what's selfish is you not being real and telling the truth. Yeah. Because you don't, you want to be saved from their reaction. You're not allowing their reaction. And I went, how dare she say that to me? And then I went, shit, she's right. Excuse the language. It's flipped around backwards. Yeah. It is. I think I read that book too. I think that was probably one of the places that I learned that stuff. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. I'm doing this for me for selfish reasons. Ah, okay, fine. <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think like, like you said, I love that bigger picture where it's like, well, you know, if we can believe in ourselves, I mean, how can you tell the kids to believe in themselves if we don't believe in ourselves, right? If the parents don't believe in ourselves and we're not modeling right. that behavior and then they have low self-esteem, they take antidepressants, like a lot of teens now are on antidepressants. It's like, well, we're not modeling the behavior that we're telling them to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great point. Yeah. So yeah. you talked a lot about peace, and that, I know that's your shtick, which is awesome. Um, so how does one even know if they're not in peace and then say they get a diagnosis, how do they get to a state of peace? What kind of, you know, ideas, tools, advice do you have to get to peace? Yeah. yeah so again, I've now been working on this for many, many years because <laughs> the diagnosis was over 25 years ago at this point. And I am just now getting to the point where I feel I'm like, I'm starting to really understand the answer to the question you just asked me, like, how can I really be peaceful with, with whatever's going on inside my body, outside of me, circumstances with other people, with the world, all of these things that affect me. And, but the body is a big one because there's so it's just so deep in us that if that whatever the body's doing we have to fix it and it's Mm. bad and especially if there's pain involved or discomfort or and especially if it's keeping us from from doing the things we think we need to be doing right now in our lives and i think the to-do list (laughs) yes and i think that one thing that maybe a lot of people have but become aware of at least is that there these these so-called diseases these conditions these symptoms that we have actually can have a greater purpose in actually slowing us down and getting us to not feel like we have to have to be doing all these things and getting us to be more in tune with who we really are and what we really want and what our purpose really is and how to relate to other people and to the world and that is what brings peace so Mm -hmm. for me What I started doing um, several years ago is learning to embrace whatever my body is doing at the moment and also looking at it as a moment, but also accepting and embracing if the moment lasts more than a moment and if it lasts many moments, but not expecting that or desiring that to happen. (laughs) but being okay, like letting my body know, like thank, saying thank you. For example, fevering, okay? When my body's fevering, overheating, going through symptoms that are like so intense that all I can do is like lie in bed, I go, this is awesome. This is movement. This is something clearing, like something big is happening. And so I've shifted in my mind from a bad thing to a good thing. And it's not just wishful thinking and like stupid. 
there really are reasons when you look into it and think about it and really get it. There's like, it, there, it is really a really positive thing. And so I embrace it and I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just say, okay. So being peaceful in that moment means mm -hmm. go ahead and lie in bed. That's what your body wants right now. That's what it's telling you it needs right now. Mm -hmm. Do that. Just do that. Don't try to do something else that you think you need to do or that you think someone else wants you to do. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that that takes some practice, obviously, <laughs> to, yeah. to go from that to do list. And because we get very human, we get very, you know, in, in 3D world, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to go to work, I have to blah, 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 right. And at the end of the day, it all boils down to scarcity. I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money to do what I really, you know, my body's asking me to do right now. Uh, but at the same time, once we fight it, once we resist it, then the body has to shout even louder at us to pay attention to what it really needs. And I remember it was your birthday in 2022 when I had fevers and felt like, you know, bleh, right? And I remember going, I am cutting these cucumbers and I'm going to finish cutting these cucumbers and then I'm going to lie down and you're like, you don't even have to be at the party. It's okay. Right. I'm like, I know, I know. Just I'm finishing cutting these cucumbers. Um, and I thought, okay, okay. I'm going to enjoy my fever. I'm going to just lie down and enjoy it. If I'm there for the party, great. If I'm not there for the party, great. You know, I know you were fine with it. You know, everyone was fine with it. And I was literally lying going, okay, body, we're doing this. All right. Cool. <laughs> and learning, <laughs> doing what you were just saying is, is, uh, and, and I thought some people thought I was a bit nuts, but I was like, I'm going to enjoy my flu-like symptoms. Yes. Like who thinks of that, right? I'm going to enjoy having the fever, enjoy having the aches, enjoy just yeah. lying there with no energy. Right. Yeah. And, and it was like, huh, wow. What happens when there's no resistance? And it's just yeah. the body just goes, Oh, right. And it just starts shifting really quickly without attachment to it shifting because I was very happy to stay in bed. Uh, but then, you know, I don't think I stayed very long and I was able to get up and enjoy the rest of the night with you guys outside and the fire and singing and whatever else we were doing. And I was like, that's cool. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I think somebody told me a long time ago that um, pain, like the continuation of pain, is the resistance of pain like that's what causes it to to perpetuate it can and, yeah absolutely and so i was like how can i shift my mind to to embrace pain and feel like it's a good thing and see it as a good thing and if i'm able to do that if i'm actually able to shift my mind will that shift the experience of the pain mm -hmm. so that i can actually get to where it actually does feel good to me Mm -hmm. and I yeah it's, it's fascinating it's high level stuff yeah <laughs> it's really 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 high level so i often joke pain is a very challenging thing you know for for people to yeah. feel quote-unquote okay with or to yeah. be with totally accepting it's very challenging the other symptom yeah. which i think is really funny is severe itching <laughs> oh my god yeah it's like severe itching. Okay, I'm scratching this thing. You know, like it's so hard not to scratch it. And 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 uh, I think psychologically we can still go, okay, I am choosing to scratch it at this moment. You know, and but not freak out about it. You know, there's different levels yeah. of acceptance and people don't have to get to Mara level <laughs> right away. They can go <laughs> into these little mini, you know, like remembering, oh yeah, hmm, yeah. I'm resisting. Hmm, how do I do that less, you know? 
Um, yeah, like last summer when I got hives all over my whole, whole body after all the other symptoms <laughs> that were already happening that were intense. And then I woke up with hives all over my whole body. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Wee. And I just <laughs> laughed my head off because I just could not believe the extremeness of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. I think I think Mara, I gotta be honest, you're like probably the only person in my everyday life that can be that okay with whatever's going on. I mean, I I mean, we're working on it, you know, but it's like I, I it's great because sometimes I feel alone, you know, in that. Because <laughs> people are like, well, you gotta fix it or you gotta figure out what's wrong, or you know, if your mind only thinks positive, then you wouldn't have the symptom. You know, that's that's a good uh, false belief. <laughs> But what had I done right before that happened? I had made a declaration that I was going to be a living example of how the body heals itself. Yeah, what do you that's think right. going to happen when you make that declaration? Your body's going to like bring things up for you to be able to be peaceful about and yep. allow them to move through and heal themselves. <laughs> yeah. So I had to laugh. I was like, oh, okay. I totally brought this on. But now it's <laughs> happening. Like it's for a purpose and I'm willing to yeah. do this. Not yeah. like I'm a martyr or something, you know, no, but no, like, no. I really am so passionate about this that, mm. yeah, I'm okay with that. It could have been a lot worse. I mean, hives, is not that big of a deal. <laughs> well, it can be pretty intense, uh, you know, for sure, for sure, especially if there's itching involved. And uh, it, it, it really, you basically went to like high level university level testing here. The universe is like, yeah, she's ready. <laughs> give, her, give her the university level test, you know? Because uh, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> you, know, she, you showed me, I was like, oh boy, okay. <laughs> you were just so laughing and positive about it. And, and it's not, and let's just, let's just reframe uh, by positive. We're not being falsely Try like trying to be okay with something or trying to be happy when you're not happy like, until you make it or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole, uh, I mean, there's some utility to some degree, but, but we're not talking about that guys, you know, um, or like we're, spiritual we're, bypass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is literally seeing the bigger picture of it all. Um, knowing that, okay, I'm having an experience as a human. Maybe it's not what I prefer. I'm going to be honest. It's not what I prefer. Um, not what I planned, you know, not what I had on my list of things that I wanted to get done today. However, here we are, and I'm going to trust. Yeah. Trust my body. Trust the universe. Trust the process. Um, I often would say to my patients sometimes, because they'd be so anxious about they didn't get this done, they didn't get that done. I said, did anybody die? They go, what? I said, did anybody die? Because you didn't do it. Well, no. I said, oh, you're good then. <laughs> you know, and they have to have a laugh. But I have to say that to myself too. You know, yeah. if I cancel yeah. this, this, and this, is anybody going to die? No, they're not. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and cancel it, right? If that's what my body desires right now. Um, so perhaps, Mara, tell, tell us a little bit about, say, if somebody says, wow, I, 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 I want that. <laughs> what Mara has. Like, how, how does she do that do you do any coaching do you do like healing coaching like anything like that to, to help people one-on-one -on -one by, by chance so I have done life balance coaching for many years law of attraction coaching that kind of stuff and now that I'm really putting focus on the healing self-healing um yeah I can do that <laughs> <laughs> put her on the spot people um uh, no it's yeah. all right no it's it's the same thing. It's, you know, I work intuitively when I coach, I don't, I don't carry a lot of clients. It's not my main thing. Um, you know, we have the pub book publishing and, and all right. that stuff. 
but I do love doing it when, mm. when there's someone who is a good match with me, right. then I really love doing it. I get so much out of it. They get so much out of it. Mm. Um, it's so gratifying to, to watch someone who is a good match with me get results. <laughs> oh yeah. About, you know, if it's healing coaching, it's not about me healing anybody. I think after, hopefully after listening to me talk <laughs> so far up till now, you, people would understand that I'm, I'm not saying that I heal people. I'm not even saying that I heal myself. My body heals itself. I get out of the way. Mm. I love it. I embrace it. You know, I support it however I can. I listen to it. So mm. I can support people in that if, you know, if someone resonates and wants to see if it's a match for them. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. So we know many of our community members are in the light medicine community. So we'll put that uh, as a link there because Mara is in the light medicine community as well on circle with us. And also if, in case you want to, you know, um, uh, have a private you know, email or whatever to, to Mara, you can just email me uh, support at karencan.com and we'll make sure that Leslie has Mara's contact information so we can connect you to and uh, see if it's a fit to work together. Um, thank you, Mara, for, for that availability. I know it's not your main shtick, but uh, like when I have seen you work with people, it's just, you know, really, really um, just miraculous, uh, beautiful. And so that's, that's wonderful that you have that possibility to, to work with some folks if they're, if they're ready to let go of their fear, trust their body, right? Practice some of the tools and having an accountability partner is so awesome. Like I, I feel very fortunate because I have you, I have Keith, I have all these friends that are, we're all, you know, working at that level. Uh, and so we have to, you know, bounce off ideas about, you know, just reflect for each other and are accountable. I mean, we also work out together, so we're accountable, <laughs> right, to, uh, to each other. Uh, but, but a lot of people don't have that, especially in their local area yeah. so they can feel kind of isolated and alone where 99.9 percent .9 of the people around them are like go to the doctor get a pill you know get a diagnosis get the lab test get the COVID test like do all the stuff that everybody yeah. else is doing and they feel really isolated alone and then it's it can be it could be challenging to remember how to trust yeah and and that brings up one other thing thank you karen which is that this is something i've really had to learn and i'm, I'm still working on it but i think i'm I'm getting pretty good at it is to not, to not judge or try mm. to get somebody to do something different than what they're doing. And so when I'm coaching people, even the people that I coach right now who have been working with me for years, I've evolved a lot, but I don't impose on them my beliefs about things, my understanding of things only when only bring things up when it makes sense that it might be something for them. But if people are doing medical things, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell you don't do that or anything like that. You know, it's your choice. Everybody gets to choose. And sometimes it's the right thing for people. Absolutely. You know, at, Absolutely. At yeah. Yeah. So it's not about demonizing the medical system or pharmaceuticals or anything like that. Cause they, everything like, like, you know, um, 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 Dr. John Martini said the secret, right? Like every, every medical thing has its, has its place, uh, you know, and we can both embrace this newer understanding of how the, you know, not newer, but older understanding of how the body heals itself and work through using some tools that may be conventional, 
uh, and, and, and together with what like you were doing was just kind of delving into kind of holistic Ayurvedic, like these different things to help your body support its own self-healing while still taking a medication, you know, yep. and, and not, and, and not making it wrong, not making it bad. That bad. in and of itself is toxic, <laughs> you know, right. making ourselves wrong and bad. So it's that nice little dance of a full acceptance of where people are at. And so that's great to hear about, about that. Cause that would be a fear potentially of someone going into some sort of coaching or intuitive session where they're like, Oh my gosh, she's going to tell me I need to drop everything and stop taking all my pills and not see the doctor. And that's not what you're saying at all. It's, it's, no. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm so tough. You can tell how tough I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You just gotta like push, pull those weights these days. So <laughs> that's yeah, I'm getting strong. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and really just guiding people to back to themselves, right? And, and sometimes we need that help. Sometimes we need that other person, that accountability, accountability person to go, we go, oh, yeah, you know, and then have that validation that we definitely can trust our bodies and trust ourselves. And that can be super helpful. I think we all, think we all need that. I think whatever yeah. you do in your life, you know, draw, we, we are right now drawing people those of us who are who are ready for these kind of expansion of our mind and healing of our bodies are being drawn to each other, you know, one by one or in groups yeah. or in community. And it's so beautiful. And so mm -hmm. um, I think we need to to um, allow more of that to happen in whatever way. Yeah. Whatever. And, and sometimes the so-called outer world chaos or stress actually is the impetus for us to gather and for us to find each other. And it's a beautiful thing, even though it looks chaotic uh, on the outside and parts of our ego are like, it shouldn't happen this way. This is terrible. And they, it, it, the ego is judging all this, but we find each other, we find each other, we grow, we learn from each other and that's beautiful. So, Hey, whatever works, I like to say, whatever <laughs> works to, you know, Im Im improve uh, how humanity functions as a whole getting us to a greater harmony and happiness and, and health. Ah, that was three H's, health, harmony, harmony <laughs> and happiness. Um, so, Mar, do you have any last words before we say goodbye for today? Just love yourself. That's the best thing you can do. Love yourself, love your body, love your life, love whatever shows up. Just meet it with love. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, thank you so much, Mara, for joining us today. For everyone listening, and thank you also for joining us. And uh, remember to check out the book, theinsideeffectsbook.com, as well as the movie that uh, we're involved in. Uh, Mara did some beautiful music oh, yeah. for us for the movie, uh, Lovey. <laughs> Uh, and also check out the t-shirts also on the insideeffects.com. Like I said, I would think about it. I have seven different ones. And also give them as gifts and stuff like that. So uh, the insideeffects.com is where you can find it. And of course, Beyond Belief Publishing, if you're interested in publishing a book with uh, my wonderful friends, Keith and Mara, um, who only publish books of change makers. So if you're a change maker and interested in learning more about that, you can check it out, Beyond Belief Books. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Beyond, did I get that right? I, I Now I've lost my, um, what I'm saying. Beyond Belief Publishing, there you go. Beyond Belief Publishing.com. And then if you're interested in working with 
or potentially interviewing with Myra to work one-on-one, -on -one, um, you can either um, tag her on Light Medicine Community, or uh, she's Mara on the Light Medicine Community, or you can email me and Leslie at support at karencan.com and we will connect you. So thanks again, Mara, for being here today. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Karen. It's been really, really fun. I yeah. love chatting you, and this is just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> same here. Thank you so much. Big love to you, and big love, love to too. our community. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you next time on Light Warrior Radio. Bye. Bye.